Hello and welcome back to the Field Trip Podcast. My name is Brent Terhune. This episode is a little different, but the same of what I've done in the past. It's called Just the Facts with my guest, Brad Wenzel. So what we're going to do, I'm going to talk to Brad, who I'll introduce here in a second. But then every once in a while, I'm going to go to the uh, Twitter account at UberFacts, where I've not pre-screened any of these facts. Some of them may be a dud. Some of them might be a downer, like about a dead dog or something. I hope not. And we will roll with it and see. Uh, and by the way, I don't do any other fact checking beyond Uber. If it's on Uber facts, this is a fact. I don't doubt anything that they say. But without further ado, let's bring on my guest, Brad Wenzel. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for Good, having Good, man. Me. This is, uh, I, you know, you and I have talked in person, but I think this is going to be the greatest uh, length of conversation you and I have had. So we're going to get to know each other <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. We always cross paths, but it's always it's always on the brief end. So I'm excited to dig in, find out what makes you tick. Get, get, not, not much, mainly pizza <laughs> rolls. But <laughs> who are th- Shout out to Totino's for sponsoring this week. Uh, if I say it enough, it'll happen, I think. Uh, I say, that's a good get. You got Tostino's? Yeah, I, I wish. Uh, I don't even know that they... I, I, I would like to see some podcast sponsors that aren't normally like sponsoring podcasts. Like you never hear yeah. like Cadillac <laughs> <laughs> on uh, my favorite murder or whatever. But yeah. so, you know, we're in the middle of the pandemic still or at the end. I don't know. I can't tell which is which, but uh, no, you know, a lot of your uh, time was spent on the road or doing stand up. So what have you been doing now, Brad? Uh, just uh, sitting still. Uh, just, uh, just collecting dust mm-hmm. and cobwebs in, uh, in my apartment in LA. It's like, yeah, I haven't been doing a lot of anything because LA like never, not that there was a break for other places necessarily, but like over the summer, certain places got like more calm. Mm-hmm. Uh, New York kind of had a break over the summer and LA's just been like full throttle, bad to worse mm-hmm. since like March. So it's just been a lot of sitting and thinking and what it, trying, <laughs> trying not to go uh, insane. Crazy. So what have you occupied yeah. your time with? Because I know I've rewatched some shows. I've oh, yeah. tried, you know, I've gotten to certain video games and had to pull myself back out of that because then if I let myself play for 10 hours a day, I will, which is not good either. So yeah. what have you what have you thrown your creativity and your efforts into? Yeah, I've definitely consumed all of media. I think uh-huh. I think I just finished it, and I've been. Uh, I started uh, a little while ago. I started a podcast with uh, Mike Czar, who's another comic uh, called Quiz Me Dude, where we each we each pick a topic and Google it, and then quiz each other on it. Okay. So we'll just pick two things that like seem like they would have a fun Wikipedia or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of at least gave me something to be like all right i'm doing something Mm -hmm. and i did like the i wrote a pilot like i think that was kind of the the cliche thing to do for a while so over the summer i did that and i was like and for that period i was working on i felt like oh yeah i'm like look at me doing i'm doing something but then at a certain point you kind of you do as many drafts as you can and then you're like well this is done (laughs) that's in the vault and then uh I just been uh, writing jokes, but you can't really take them anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I just been, I'm pretty decent at writing in a vacuum. So I'm just been writing jokes and kind of stockpiling them mm-hmm. and being like, when this is over, I am, man, I'm going to tell that joke about kayaks or whatever. <laughs> it reminds <laughs> yeah. me of the Mitch Hedberg joke where he's like, if I kink the mic cord, and then I let it loose. A whole bunch of jokes will come out all at once. Yes, we're all living in that in that microphone cord kink right now. <laughs> we're just all all trying to trying to make it happen. But so I've been doing that, going for walks and stuff. And just, I've never yeah. taken more walks than during a pandemic. <laughs> yes, yeah, big like big four mile wide. Like you're like I'm gonna hit the ten thousand steps mm-hmm. i'm gonna do every bit of that today <laughs> and now i've st- you know this is uh we've been in this neighborhood for two years but like so we moved into this house and then the pandemic hit 
and then you know i wasn't able to like get to know the neighborhood but now i'm like oh that's so and so's dog i don't know who <laughs> whose house that is but i know that's their dog and i know that there's oh, a guy yeah. in my neighborhood that drives a hearse every day but i think <laughs> it's like for a haunted house because it's got a casket in the back and it's not like yeah. a new hearse so i just think i don't know if he works for a haunted house or if it's just that's the car he lucked into yeah you live next to the monsters or something you know what? He does have neck bolts, which, <laughs> and his wife is a vampire <laughs> and their son's a werewolf, which I'm not really into that, you know, interracial stuff, but, uh, <laughs> or any interspecies. I don't know why you classified that, but yeah, that's, it's been weird taking, you know, walks like an old man. Like that's my routine. Yeah. We're all like, um, it, it reminds me, it's funny you say old man, cause that's accurate, but it reminds me of being a kid, in the summer because especially where i grew up there were like there wasn't like a ton going on so like before you could drive and before you like had mm-hmm. a job when you were just a kid you were just sort of around mm-hmm. all summer and it was just, it reminds me of that where i'm just like i can't go anywhere or do anything but i'm an adult now <laughs> yeah it is that weird thing i reverted back to what i did most summers was i rode a bike but I had to yeah. wait a couple months to get a bike because they were all sold out. So I got one at the beginning of October and I had like a month before it got too cold oh. to actually ride a bike. And I've done that like sucks. some like uh, where you like bundle up and ride, but then then you're just like covered in tears from the oh, cold yeah. the whole time. Most the crying and the cold, but mostly the cold. Yeah, riding a bike, there's like moments of vulnerability on a mm-hmm. good day, which is basically a hill. So there's... <laughs> moments on a good day riding a bike where you're like this might have been a mistake yeah so if you throw winter on top of that you're just Mm -hmm. you're just at there's gonna be a breakdown at some point where you're like i shouldn't have done this why do i do anything i'm going home (laughs) i've never like not yet pushed the bike up a hill but i've definitely stopped at the top of the hill (laughs) like oh god at least i can go down the other side now hopefully there's another side um But the one of the things that I've always liked about you is your joke style. You're a one-liner comic, and you, how many times have you done Conan? Three times. Yeah. How yeah, was that experience? Because that's always that Conan was always one of my the guy that I watched as a kid. So to exactly. see you do it made me very jealous. But no. <laughs> but it was well, always it was cool. some it was some sort of clerical error every time it was always like oh we emailed him that was it was supposed to be a different guy well he's already here okay well now i feel bad and then you know brad's close to brent Ah, yeah (laughs) so what was that process like and you know how did you prepare for those sets uh it was uh cool the first one was different than the other two because the first one i was still in michigan Mm -hmm. uh where i where i started stand up so that was so like bizarre because basically making tapes and sending them to my uh, manager and then he was sending them to the booker Mm -hmm. so i was just doing shows in michigan and trying to put together like a tight like eight minutes to send them and luckily they liked what they saw so then i got like the okay you're doing it like in a month and then Mm -hmm. i had a month to be like nervous yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then I flew out to LA and then that, and then that's like, was just bizarre. I had been to LA uh, a couple of times before that once or twice. Uh, but you're still like coming from D- Detroit to that is mm-hmm. it just like escalated so fast that you're like, I hope these jokes work. Um, yeah. But then like uh, a studio audience is not that different than like, like your standard comedy club Mm-hmm. audience on the road or in the midwest because it's like a lot of tourists and stuff and they're excited to be there so it was actually it wasn't like that crazy different yeah even though it's it's late night's kind of its own animal but it was uh uh luckily went all right and so then i then i moved to la like s- six months after that first one and then the other two were like um on like short notice both of them so it was the total opposite where i sent a tape thinking this is going to be that long back and forth process Mm -hmm. for like six months to a year and then finding out a month 
later uh, ahead of time you know what i mean yeah and so the it was the opposite where it was like send a tape got like one round of notes and then both times it was like they needed somebody to uh to replace somebody Mm -hmm. on short notice and then i got i think it's because i canceled both times (laughs) i said i can't make it (laughs) yeah and they're all like all right uh we need a different guy whose name starts with b br does short the rest of the sign after (laughs) yeah yeah that's close enough what so did you did you like uh, the month long thing or did you like oh come in tomorrow type thing the the, for your uh brain i think the short thing's better Mm -hmm. Cause you were way less anxious and you, you didn't have time to dwell on it. Well, you did, but only like two days. Yeah. So it's kind of like they scrunched down a month of anxiety into mm-hmm. two days. But then at a certain point, you're kind of like, Hey, I just gotta, I just gotta hope, hope for the best and, you know, make this work kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, it was a good spot to be in. So, uh, the, the second one was funny cause they called me while I was at the DMV so it was like I was at the DMV and then they're like, hey, can you do Conan in like two days? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then I was <laughs> yes. like super like pumped at the DMV. I was like walking around the DMV super happy. And the Strutting most your shit like you're the place. man. <laughs> yeah. And I remember I would just walked home after because I had like I wasn't it wasn't like a, di- a thing I would walk home from but i had like all this like excitement i didn't know what to do with it so i was like i'm just gonna walk back i guess instead of getting the lift or something okay i was like so you left your car there but no you you took it no no i had i think i was trying to get my like california license and stuff and uh so yeah i just i just uh yeah i just walked back but that that i remember finding out at the dmv was that was that an odd thing did you tell anybody at the dmv because that's one of those things you're like oh i'm gonna get to do one of my dreams again (laughs) you're just looking at the guy across from me being like look i know that all this is you know you need my weight in my eyes or whatever but i'm gonna be on conan tomorrow did you know that (laughs) no i think i stepped out and i took the call and then it was like just a total i was totally in a haze of not being present at mm-hmm. all like just out of body kind of going through the motions of whatever i was doing there yeah. and then just being like i, I guess i'm gonna walk home <laughs> <laughs> i remember the one thing i think it was the third one it was like i got the call and then i was like trying to like tell my parents and just like no one would answer the phone mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was felt funny to me where i was just like i would like to like tell them but they're yeah. just not having it they do <laughs> all is right with the universe but i can't tell anybody if, if about yeah it. you're like and especially i like you don't want to share it publicly until there's some some like binding public mm-hmm. uh acknowledgement on on the tv show's end yeah it just in case something changes you, you see know, it on like, the guide on the you know, the, yeah, yeah. The you TV. want some sort of in writing thing mm-hmm. to be like, this is definitely not gonna get changed up. Yeah. And uh so there's only you only tell like people close to you at mm-hmm. that point, and then it's like, man, no one will pick up <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. But out uh, of out of your three sets, which one are you are you, is there one that you're like, Oh, this is the one that I like the most? Uh the second one for sure. Yeah. I, I think yeah. The first one I'm still uh really young in in comedy and stuff Mm -hmm. so it's like really like pulling teeth to watch it Mm -hmm. and then uh the third one was like good but there were i had like my own like pick it apart kind of things about it where but the second one i was like okay that one that one went kind of how how you want to go i don't don't have any personal problems with it you Mm -hmm. know kind of thing it's and they're to... all on youtube right yeah, yeah so yeah if you want to go watch that go you know check out yeah. and leave a a positive review <laughs> on that don't give them a thumbs down on conan's channel <laughs> you want to get into an uber fact yeah let's do it uh here's one it's uh, estimated that humans can have up to 150 social relationships but only five close friends yeah i would say that's that feels about <laughs> right it's always weird. Like, you know, I'll be watching whatever show with my wife and the, they're having a wedding. One of these, like she likes shows where there's uh 13 family members in the show. Like one of those, like, oh, yeah. uh, 
you know, polygamous show or whatever. And they're like, yeah, we have 300 people coming to the wedding. And I'm like, I don't even, I don't know that I've met 300 people <laughs> ever, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's weird. It's weird when, um, yeah, the, just the arbitrary closeness of the way things can be portrayed on TV or, or the, the thing of like the, where they live doesn't make sense. I don't know mm -hmm. if that's even really related but it just reminded me of just like how the people on Friends had huge apartments that mm -hmm. didn't quite add up. And you're like, all right, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah it's like you have uh, more space. You have more than a bed in New York. <laughs> That's why Frazier was so smart, because by making him rich, you can just cover any plot hole ever you could just be like he's fucking rich i don't yeah. know <laughs> like the simpsons where eventually they're like don't so do you still work at the power plant and he's like i don't know like it just <laughs> like we just need the story to continue and he'll yeah. be back at his job when it's convenient yeah for the story <laughs> uh for every 1000 surgeries one to two patients wake up during surgery while under uh, under anesthesia uh, terrifyingly, children uh, are eight to ten times more likely to experience uh, anesthesia awareness. Yikes! God, uh, I kind of wish I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, and I guess it wasn't technically anesthesia, but my mom always has that thing where she goes to the dentist, and the guy will be drilling on her tooth, and she's like, "I feel that." Like, That's exactly how my mom is. She I, she uh she's been like, "No, I need like more." Yeah, and they're they're like certain people are more sensitive or whatever that it, it, the Novocaine doesn't work on them. And I think that's a thing with gingers, which thankfully I've not had to have too many like invasive be numbed type things, but yeah. I think they say gingers would have a higher pain tolerance. I don't know that that's the case for me per se, <laughs> but it, yeah, it'd be weird to just wake up and like hear a bone saw on your own body. Oh yeah. What a nightmare. I did. I thought it was weird uh, speaking to the tolerance that you um, uh, just stapled yourself in the forehead before we <laughs> went live. I was like, that's a weird flex. But Well, I'm working on a Steve-O impression and usually it would be my nutsack, <laughs> but this is Zoom, so I'm keeping it a Zoom friendly. I would love if a comic opened for Steve-O, but instead of doing, because it's all it's all like comedians opening for him. And mm -hmm. what if one guy was just like, I'm going to out Steve-O, Steve-O. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not doing my act tonight. And just starts pouring like gasoline all over his body. He's like, follow, follow this. Well, just like, because I know Steve-O got his start like being a street performer. So that's how oh, he knows yeah. how to like do stilts and juggle and shit and i respect that street performer mentality because mm -hmm. like if especially if you go to like new york i don't know how many times you've been there but you see those it's like three o'clock and people are like gathering people for their dance troupe show and you're like man these guys are so good but yet they're just <laughs> in the street in new york you know yeah they're gonna get uh recruited to be on like what was the mtv next dance so you, crew whatever yeah or america's theme. got talent that would be the show now oh yeah yeah would you be never like no yeah i mean it just you know never know when simon Cowell's going to be looking out of the window down at your dance troupe <laughs> and he's going to give us the thumbs up uh male puppies often let female puppies win while playing even if they have the advantage just to keep the game going so they want to play how do they how could they even figure that out? They sat a puppy down and were like, You're full of shit. <laughs> Why did you let her win? <laughs> they hooked a puppy up to a lie detector test, then yeah. they were like, Seriously though, you could have you could have won that. I think I think that's bold I think that's just not true. <laughs> and it's I feel like the fact should be female puppies win sometimes. <laughs> they that did uh, an addendum they said sometimes female puppies went <laughs> <laughs> i remember one time i i i when i was a kid i was super into playing chess like i just my brother taught me so then of course everybody that i knew in my life i'm like you want to play chess that was my <laughs> thing and i remember one time i kept bugging my dad and he's like all right i'll play one game with you and i learned like the the checkmate in four moves move. Uh -huh. So I did that. And then 
he was like, okay, we're done. <laughs> and he didn't play another game with me. So he, he clearly didn't want to play the first time, but he was like, okay, fuck you. You beat me already. And now we're done. So I feel like that was the opposite. I should have not let, not beat my dad so quick. So the game could keep going. I like the idea. They should do the queen's gambit, but instead of a pretty lady, it's you. <laughs> and no one's encouraging as a child. You're just like, shut the fuck up, Brent. Yeah. Get away from me. <laughs> and then eventually like, somebody takes my uh, my knights out of the chess set and they're like, <laughs> he won't play without the knights. And then I just replace it with a button or something. He's <laughs> making do. You're just, it, you're still, you're still addicted to the pills though. You're still just pounding, <laughs> pounding pills, and everyone's like, you know what? This kid's abrasive. He's uh, he's not cute. <laughs> We're sick of his chest shit. He yeah, he's in the park playing fifty-year-old men for pills. <laughs> it's crazy. Are there any games that you're good at, Brad? Uh, not really. I would play. Uh, my grandpa would play ba- uh, backgammon with me. Mm-hmm. I've never he- played that before. It's it's fun. It's like it's really it's pretty simple. Like you once you once you learn it, it's like mostly luck, but kind of skill. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but he would he drilled in all the like you roll dice, you roll two dice, and you there's all these combinations that you can basically like do little maneuvers off mm-hmm. of moving the pieces. And so he drilled those into me so they're like burned into my brain that if you roll certain combinations you do certain things and then i remember playing my other grandpa on my other side of family Mm -hmm. and just destroying him because i just had all these things and i don't think he played back and he kept being like wait you're cheating like what are you why are you doing this so well yeah and i was just like i just i just knew like the basic stuff so i would say i was like a little bit better at that but nothing uh nothing too serious this kid's the mozart of backgammon he's a prodigy (laughs) yeah i mean any game i i just remember eating a lot of cookies (laughs) that's true and every time i rolled like the dice combination and would be like oh i'm just gonna go rogue my grandpa would just be like no and he (laughs) He would hit you with a with a bamboo cane yeah discipline you and then i i got strong (laughs) (laughs) and eventually you played your way uh out of a casket that was buried underground you played a backgammon all the training exercises from kill bill essentially Yes, exactly. It was exactly like that. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and I don't know if you still do it, but you used to do a Bob Seger podcast. So I know you're a big Seger fan. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, we do it sporadically. So kind of whenever the mm-hmm. whenever the mood hits us, we'll we'll drop an episode. And so it's real loose. But yeah, we uh, Trevor Smith and I, another Michigan comic, uh, we both are in L.A. now and uh, we just think uh, Seeger's underrated mm-hmm. and wanted to shine a light on it. So we, I, we would talk to other comics who like Seeger and stuff like that and break down albums and just anything, even kind of Bob Seeger related, we mm-hmm. would just use an excuse to talk about and stuff. So if, you, if you're like a classic rock guy, it's a, it's a pretty fun pod. Yeah. Are you a, just in general classic rock guy? Is that, is that what you're into? Yeah, yeah, I grew up on listening to a lot of classic rock radio, and I like new rock now too. But I still have definitely a lot of Seeger and Tom Petty in mm-hmm. the rotation for sure. Yeah, and um, yeah. in Indianapolis, the station is Q ninety five. So if you're in Indianapolis, you you listen to it's ninety four point seven, but of course it's Q ninety five. But is it the same for you when you were a kid? It was like ACDC, Tom Petty. Uh, Bob Seger, Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. all those, like, if you go to any town in the country, it's essentially the same playlist because it's classic rock. Absolutely. Yeah, it was 100% like that. We always talk about how there was, like, more Seeger per capita where we were. Mm-hmm. And it and it can, like, we talk about if it, like, kind of distorts our concept of mm-hmm. <laughs> how much he was played just cause it was like, I, I feel like there was a good 20% uptick just being in the Detroit area for Seager yeah, happening. He's from Detroit, right? Proper. Yeah. Detroit? He's like a, yeah, he's like 
uh Michigan. He's Michigan Bruce Springsteen mm-hmm. for sure. The that way is he true. Is to New Jersey. Um. So, do you guys also would you would you listen to somebody like Ted Nugent? Because I know he's from you know Detroit area as well. Yeah. Fuck Ted Nugent. No, yeah. He uh his musically like especially as a kid like sure mm-hmm. you know like he's got some hits but uh as a like a dude recently he, he yeah just ruins it it's so that now thing- it's it makes you not like it because it's because he's such a tool <laughs> oh yeah it's like one of those things where you have to separate the art from the artist and you're like ted nugent crazy person but then also stranglehold good song yeah i think it's like how <laughs> there, there's some things you can like i'm sure i probably don't agree with like alice cooper on everything mm-hmm. but he, he's like at least has the sense to be low-key about it so i can <laughs> ignore that yeah and just enjoy alice cooper whereas the nuge goes so far out of his way you're just like you know what fuck you i don't yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna hit skip on <laughs> cat scratch fever he like he and, has opinions of a guy who i'm not surprised shoots flaming arrows in the stage show. Like if I saw that and then he had those opinions, I'd be like, that's exactly who I thought that guy was. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I guess he was kind of tipping his hand. I get, yeah. <laughs> but then sense. you hear him say it and you're like, come on. Like at least yeah, I could, I could have denied it before. You could have listened to the music. He, if he would have just stayed in the woods, <laughs> we, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to enjoy those songs on the compound. Cause you know, he's got a yeah. compound. Anyway, oh, absolutely. Got a compound's a little crazy. Yeah. Uh, so what are your go-to Seeger tracks? Cause I'm, and I say I'm a Seeger fan and, and by that, I mean, I'm the greatest hits type fan. Yeah. Well, he's got so far. many. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have you on the pod. Tre- Trevor and I always joke that if someone just, the criteria is someone mentioning Bob Seeger in passing. <laughs> You're perfect. <laughs> anyway, you want to do it? Um, <laughs> so we'll have you on, uh, but I love, uh, feel like a number is mm. a great Seeger then that's a little bit of a deeper cut. Yeah, and, I know that um, one though. That's a great one. Uh, you'll see hear it on the radio sometimes, just mm-hmm. like not quite as much. Um, Brave Strangers is another. I don't uh, know that one. Cut one. That's a great. I always say that's a great jukebox song because it's mm-hmm. like because people sometimes people there's Seeger has a stigma and it's unfair and. Uh, if you run through the greatest hits, usually that will make the case for you. Cause then people be like, shit, man, Bob Seger has like a lot of hits, mm-hmm. but then I also like this song, brave strangers. Cause it's a really good song. That's not a hit. Mm-hmm. So then if you just put that on for a skeptical person, they'll be like, oh, I think shit. I think I do like Bob Seger. Yeah. I, I don't know why I had that. It's <laughs> like, I think the stigma is just, it's like one of those, things where it's just like his name's bob and people just assume that he's he's uh not good or something just a normal (laughs) dude just bob secrets and then you know i don't does anybody ever say bob seeger in the silver bullet band they just say bob seeger you know it's never like and the silver bullet band yeah i guess purists might throw in the silver bullet band because they're (laughs) so they're crucial to the success i mean the silver bullet records are kind of the the meat of it but um but yeah i think uh brave strangers is good because it's like it's like a six minute it's a good jukebox song was okay. my point you get your so money's you, worth for you six get your money's worth and people will be like oh oh there's bob Seeger, okay you know kind of thing so it's a good it's a good conversation piece that it gets your money's worth it's mm-hmm. a good jukebox tune yeah um and i when i've been in on the road, like one of my favorite things to do is find a local record store. And I, I don't know if you remember, but a couple times I've oh, found yeah. like what I've known to be rare Seeger records. And yeah. I send pictures to you. Are you I'm a guy that excited. records? Yeah, I do. I, I, I don't think I have a, as an extensive uh, record collection as you, but I do like the, and as time's gone on, I've gotten more and more mm-hmm. into it. Well, they're so um, expensive there. They take up too much space. Like every, <laughs> they have everything that goes against them besides like the art and the sound. Yeah. I love, um, but yeah, same, especially on the road. I love going to record stores mm-hmm. and uh, now I have all the Seeger records, but for like a while, that was my thing. Cause they're um, it's like an Easter egg hunt mm-hmm. finding some of them are super obscure and then it became uh uh 
my fiance, she's she wanted uh she's like, let's get all the original Tom Petty records. So then mm-hmm. that kind of replaced it. The as hunt, like, yeah. okay. And so I'm always like kind of doing stuff like that. And um and then especially in quarantine, I started using the record player more and more. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just kinda I don't get to go to record stores very much, but because of everything, but yeah, I've definitely gotten more into it. And now it's become like I try to buy records from uh, new artists that I like because that's a way to get because they don't get any money from streaming Spotify. Yeah, all that that, you know, so then it's like, oh, I'll get I'll buy like the record directly from their band camp or whatever mm-hmm. and try I'd be like now at least I know they got money out of this album that I've been streaming nonstop for a yeah. year, you know, or or what I, you know, there's a couple stores in Indianapolis that I know they're local spots. So I will, I'll, you know, I could get that at Target, but I know I'd rather go to Karma Records. Yes. Yeah. 100. Than my money. Uh, there was a record I wanted and I was like, uh, my fiance were talking about it because my birthday's coming up and I was like, order it from one of the Ann Arbor record stores because mm-hmm. I want those stores to be there when I go back in the future. Yeah. So even, even being in and there's some places in LA I really like too, but just those um, mom and pop places, if they have like a online presence too, mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I want it. I could get that from, from somewhere else, but I kind of want it from the mom and pop place. Yeah. And I, I was that way when you were like the, the Easter egg hunt for finding the Seeger ones. I'm still this way, but it's less because, you know, I'm, I'm a Black Sabbath fan, so I want to get all the records. Uh, but then you look at some of them you're not going to find unless it's eBay. And you look at like the eBay price and it's like, that's $250 for a record. Oh, yeah. And I, I'm a fan, but I am not that much of a fan. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. And I, you was- just, I just resigned myself to be like, I'm not going to have those three. And I probably won't, but that's fine with me. One of the last times I was in a record store, it was funny because this dude, um, I I got I've been I've it's I've been in go, going through like a real like '60s funk phase. Mm-hmm. Like I really like '60s funk, and there was this one record I streamed that was uh, self titled called it was by the Meters, and it's like a self titled album, and it's like this famous. Um, late 60s funk album that it's all just instrumental but the whole thing's like really good so you're like this is a perfect turntable record because you just want to put it on in the background listen to the whole thing Mm -hmm. and so i was kind of looking for that but didn't know if it would be there and the dude was like can i help you find something i was like do you have anything by the meters because i was like in the funk section Mm -hmm. and it was one of those records where it's on the wall so you know it's crazy (laughs) and it was just like uh, it's on wall. It's right there, and I was like, "But if it's up there, how much is it?" And he's like, "A hundred bucks." And I was like, "Yeah, I can't do yeah. that." And he like couldn't. He kept trying to sell it, but he couldn't process like that. I didn't have the money, so he kept <laughs> just being like, "Plays great." I mean, it, it plays great, and yeah. I was just like, "Yeah, that's not the issue. <laughs> it sure smells it good. Great. Like I, I bet it's awesome." I just am not gonna you see how like everything else in the store is ten dollars, fifteen dollars. That's why I'm here. That's what I'm working with. (laughs) Yeah. Uh besides Seeger, is there anybody else that you're really into? Uh Tom Petty. Okay. Uh love love all his his whole body works great. Um and I like uh newer stuff uh there's a band called the sheepdogs i really like i've heard of them again it's so weird when you go to talk to somebody and you just hear people at a record store talking like the employees and you're like you just named like three things that i'm not sure are bands or not but it's (laughs) you, you realize how little musically at least i know Oh yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not the the hippest guy, but I I like what I like kind of. Oh thing. yeah, that's the um, thing. I I have like Metallica is my favorite band, but then there are songs that be like I know this song, but I couldn't tell you the title of that song. Oh, yeah. Where it's like I just resigned to be like I like this, but I don't have to know everything about it. And mm. part of me is like happy with that because I don't have to be like obsessed with something anymore. You know. Yeah, I like um, curating playlists more than anything mm-hmm. i would say on spotify but then 
I couldn't tell you the the name or the artist sometime. I'm just like, yeah, it's that one song that I like that you I know. came across yeah. once and now I listen to all the time. But it's just I like throw I have a mega mix. It's like a thousand songs. Mm-hmm. And I just keep throwing songs at that and then I just shuffle that. And yeah. that's kind of how I live my life outside of like vinyl. No, so I it's just th- I'm just no throwing songs at that. <laughs> Definitely worry. It's just easy. It's like finding a new show and you like or you could go watch the show that you've seen a thousand times and that's easy to do so it's just like it's you're not surprised you already know you're gonna it's like ordering the same thing at a restaurant every single time you go yeah pretty much yeah (laughs) uber fact iphones bought in japan and korea cannot be muted when using the camera uh to avoid people taking secret photos i don't understand that one can't be muted so the camera's just like i'm a camera while they're trying to oh, like I take get, a discreet so, picture yeah it makes a sound have you ever tried to take a picture and you realize the flash is on and you're like oh that person knew i was <laughs> taking a picture of him so i guess you, they're the sound you always hear the sound i guess that makes oh sense. like the like the, the click psh, thing yeah, yeah like that's i guess camera that's, sound yeah i guess that makes sense would it you would rather make ha- that sound would you rather have it where the sound is uh, off or on for all phones? I think I actually, I don't know. That kind of seems like a good idea. Cause like anyone discreetly taking, taking a, a picture, picture is yeah. usually being like shitty. I would imagine. So, yeah. I, w- like, I wouldn't, it's not going to be like to blow up for your birthday card or something, you know? Yeah. So may, I don't know. Maybe that's kind of a, maybe that's kind of a good thing. I don't know. People, can't Se- harass people as much with taking secret pictures that just seems so, like you're then it would be bad i take it back because it would be bad if you're like at a concert and you just heard that yeah. sound a thousand times that would suck so yeah, i changed my mind i don't want the sound <laughs> have you ever gone back to watch any of your uh, co- uh your concert footage or your fireworks footage oh yeah that's always a mistake just, just yeah yeah the, it's never good because you know the band is just gonna have a 4k quality version of that concert on youtube oh yeah tomorrow 100%. versus your shitty iphone that you tried <laughs> to hold up the whole time true. uh warner brothers was founded three months before the fall of the ottoman empire that's i don't know really I mean. oh, wow. it's weird like when you hear nintendo's like been around for 200 years or whatever but in my head nintendo just makes video games and i'm like that doesn't sound right (laughs) uh the the ottoman empire i'm trying to find when when it fell that's uh this is the only fact checking i will do on this show (laughs) i guess they were just hanging on (laughs) we gotta hold on till warner brothers is open 1922 so i get that's not that old it's old. It's just old because it's got the word empire in it. And I thought we were done with that. Yeah, there <laughs> like, rarely has there been an empire. Ago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the Ottoman Empire was just like, no, nah, we're going to be the one to pull it out. We're going to go to the, we're going to be the modern empire. And then they just kind of the 20s just snuffed like, them out. Guys, these motion pictures are really killing us. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how that correlates. They probably saw a, a a moving a moving picture, and it it destroyed them. Yeah. Uh, they they were just like we we they couldn't process it. They're like we're calling it we're we're folding the country, guys. We can't do it. This is a moving picture, and it's a talkie. <laughs> Wrap it up. Uh, at weddings, the bride normally stands to the left of the groom so that his sword hand is free to defend against other suitors. Well, duh. I mean, that's obvious. Uh, so it makes sense that when I got married a couple of years ago that I did have a sword. So thankfully <laughs> that that's been filled in. And yeah, it'd be so weird that you invited people to the wedding that they're also going to be like, let's get her. Like, yeah. What kind of friend are, do you have where they're like, you know, we're, let's stop it right now. What's to stop somebody from taking her after the wedding? I guess back when they you know, we just, they still have that thing where they're like, does anyone think this is a bad idea? And I guess 
uh, instead of like a drunk guy ruining it back <laughs> in the day, he had a sword. And he yeah. was like, I'm going to end you. You, you know? know what's a bad idea is asking for comments at a wedding. Yeah, Just don't, don't open it up. <laughs> uh, I, I, I have heard also that uh, bridesmaids were there to confuse the spirits so they wouldn't like... D- you know, put a curse on the bride. So essentially you have like your best friend standing there to take the bullet for you. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Just that, that uh, it was like one of those things where I didn't have any best men and my wife didn't have any brides. It was a very low key wedding, but I did have a Mm. sword. So that's always important. (laughs) Did you really have a sword? No, but I was. It okay. was a Halloween. I thought you were doing a bit, but the second time <laughs> no, no. I was like, "Wait, no!" It feels like you really had a sword. I did not, but we did have. Uh, we had the regular ceremony, but then afterwards, it was a Halloween party. So okay. it was in October a couple of years ago. So we we were like highly encouraged on the uh, invitation that you wear a costume. That's so we funny. wanted everybody to have fun. So I did dress as Frankenstein later in the evening. <laughs> and I should have had a sword, but I didn't. Nice. Um, I think the real fun fact about the bridesmaids, if we can circle back to, to that, <laughs> is um, that spirits back then uh, were also dumb as fuck. <laughs> Which <laughs> one they, is it? They, they couldn't distinguish between a woman and uh, her friends standing slightly to the side of her. Yeah, that's it's, it's the same reason you wear uh, costumes on Halloween to ward off the bad spirits. Apparently... Uh, bad eyesight or just not really that bright. <laughs> oh, um, spirits, man. Got him. Got him. You're also a wrestling fan. Uh, yeah. So yeah. we could, you know, I'd like to keep this uh, somewhat evergreen and not talk about hyper topical things. But what about wrestling for you has attracted you to this sport or theater or whatever you want to call it? I was, well, as a fan as a kid. And then I fell off, and then I came back when I was older, which is pretty that's, common. That's but the, yeah, story the cycle well. of the wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, and I think it's uh, partially. I think so many comics like it because there's so many parallels between stand up and pro wrestling, and they're both these unique, like, um, kind of like American art forms. Mm-hmm that are kind of specific and uh i love the the reaction based entertainment i guess i like i like when when it when it goes well and the crowd's really into it and invested Mm -hmm. there's nothing like that and they're in the ring working to get a certain reaction negative or positive Mm -hmm the way we're trying to like get laughs from an audience. And I think that just makes it for some reason that lights up my brain in every way. Both, both things are a trick and, you know, comedy is to not even necessarily trick you into laughing, but you, we both know the outcome that we want at the end of us (laughs) talking for sure. And, And it's like, we, at least for wrestling in my aspect, I want to believe what's going on is real. Yeah, like, yeah, and I know it's fake. Everybody knows it's fake or predetermined. Yeah. But I want in that moment, I want you to make me believe. And sometimes it's so good that I'm tricked into believing. Oh yeah, absolutely. And stand-up's kind of fake. Like it doesn't get talked about that way, but it's like it's. I was a walking social, down the it's street. A social contract, yeah. <laughs> you know, like the crowd is is engaging with it. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're not suspending their disbelief to the degree wrestling fans are Mm -hmm. but like that's why like you can't just like walk in people like a bad a recipe for a bad show is just ambushing a group of people and then be like just do stand-up at them and it's like that's not what stand-up is it's a social yeah contract so i've had yeah it's similar relatives be like who've never been to a show and they'll be like oh why don't you why don't you do some jokes and i'm like there it's it's a no-win situation because like if I'm performing, I'm not gonna be quote performing at the dinner table. Like yeah. It's I'm not in performance mode and whatever I say, it's not gonna get a laugh. And then you just think I'm you're gonna think I'm shitty at what I do. 
because it needs yeah. certain thing. You don't need a lot, but you definitely need an audience and lights and a stage and a mic. You kind of need those yeah. things. It's like stand up is like aggressively simple mm-hmm. in that it's like a person talking, but it's extremely delicate. Mm-hmm. And that those two things are at odds, I think, to people who don't do it. Mm-hmm. That you're like, yeah, it's it's both those things. It's simple mm-hmm. and a fucking baby bird delicate <laughs> at the same time. Like it's a house of cards. That... I gave a best man speech at my brother's wedding last year, and even just like speaking publicly outside of a stand up context, mm-hmm. it's like uh I felt like like a confused dog or something <laughs> like, <laughs> like one because he had a, a sword. He had if, a sword. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you put a dog in space or something mm-hmm. and it was just floating around and it was like, what the fuck is happening? Because mm-hmm. like this was all internal. Externally, I was I was all right. I called my brother's wife by the by the wrong name, but other than that, that always, I yeah. was fine. <laughs> and uh, people noticed, uh, <laughs> but it was like. Uh, you just have to start talking mm-hmm. and it was like in a banquet hall and I was like super uh, where from stand up like that. Like most of the room when you give a best man speech is not focused on you mm-hmm. and you're like, I don't, this is so weird. Cause I'm yeah. just so I'm used to like just functioning in a different way when mm-hmm. I'm talking in front of people and everyone's like zeroed in on you. And if one person's not, you can be like, fuck you to that yeah. one person not paying attention yeah. to you. And so it's like, it's like totally disoriented, disorienting when you, when you pluck a stand up and mm-hmm. drop them somewhere else, you know? No, I, I had that too, where I was like, not, I was not the best man, but the, you know, the guy's brother was the best man. But if like, he As didn't he have a brother. Be. Yeah. If he didn't have a, a brother, guy. I, I would have been the best man, you know, like sure. Okay. Second Brent. in command okay. or third, you know, technically, but he still, he wanted me to, to do stand up at the wedding. And I was, you know, yeah. I was reluctant, but then that's what they wanted. So I just want, I did five and I think it went fine, but it was like, not, nobody is here to see me and some people don't even know what i'm doing no no it's not like uh it's not like music where it can be enjoyed passively Mm -hmm. like so you could be like no you're a musician you could have kind of perform in a weird context and Mm -hmm. it works still it's his stand-up just doesn't translate yeah no it it was you know it was not my choice to do it but again (laughs) they were like we we, you should do it i was like okay fine whatever but it was yeah it was not one of those things that i would like volunteer to do again no where's the weirdest place illegal i would say (laughs) (laughs) i've got a petition going uh where's the weirdest place you've done a show weirdest place i did a show yeah, it's going to be one of those things where the minute this conversation ends, I'll think rem- of something really interesting. Well, I can tell. Um, I, I, I've done like yours? A, a, I've done a prison before. Um, I've done a nudist resort. I've done a, a couple different Comic Con type events to like, you know, a thousand, you know, 500 people dressed in costumes. That's fun <laughs> to like look out and be like, there's Peter Griffin and there's Goku in the same <laughs> room that is funny um i'm trying to think of others i've done on like not like cruise ships but i've done like boats kind of like yachts type stuff oh really yeah wow so not no, those would be my crazy and i'm forgetting one i know i'm a i am but uh i did a, a campground resort where everybody was on four wheelers and golf carts. Those were the chairs were people's golf carts. <laughs> oh, that was a weird one. I did um, a couple years ago was on a mountain in uh, just like uh, there's like, if you go like an hour, 90 minutes outside LA, it's like, mm-hmm. you can drive up into the mountains mm-hmm. and a uh, comic. Uh, uh, I know he put together the show, but all he said was it's at a campground like an hour outside LA, mm-hmm. but he didn't say like, it's on a, it's on a mountain. <laughs> uh, so we drove up there, me and another comic and uh, my fiance was with us and a bunch of the comics didn't make it. Cause there was like a, a road closure. Mm-hmm. And then we, we kind of knew about that. So we had like our GPS, like preloaded. Yeah. Whereas if you didn't know that, then you were just hosed mm-hmm. and didn't know where to how to get around it. 
and anyway and up like i'm not i'm michigan doesn't like have like mountains like i'm not i'm used to driving in snow but i'm not used to driving mountains so i'm like, at an white. incline some of the yeah. inclines is just you feel Crazy. like you're gonna roll off and just like white knuckling and up a mountain you know mm-hmm. me not being used to that and like i'm like i can't we're gonna die for this <laughs> gig and then we got up there and it, what it was for was the comic who organized it did um He's a mountain biking guy. Okay. So it's for all uh, mountain bikers, but they do that shit like every weekend, just mm-hmm. like drive up a mountain. But it was like truly, it was at like, I think like 5,500 feet or something or 88. I can't remember. It was high up there. Mm-hmm. Like it was like warm in LA and like uh, cold, cold yeah. where we were. And it was, uh, there was the comic who had the microphone didn't make it. <laughs> and this was like uh, a campground, but like in the truest, like pioneer sense where it's like, just like a, a more of a, a circle in the yeah. woods. And there's like, you can have like fire pits, but there's no electricity or anything. Mm-hmm. So we had hooked up to like a generator. There was like a spotlight and I had a stool in my trunk. So we had a stool, mm-hmm. but no microphone. So then we had the light and the in f- the light of the campfire and uh, the stool <laughs> and we it was me and uh, the comic who was with me and then the comic who organized were the only ones who made it. Mm-hmm. So we did like a three uh, man show for all these uh, mountain bike people outside uh, just in the in the wilderness. Yeah. And it was great. They were like a great audience. Like I, I had uh, such a good time. So but did it, you end up, did you get to stay the night or something with him? No, we drove back down, which okay. was also harrowing because it was easier going downhill, but now you're in the dark. Mm-hmm. And so it was, but it was a thing where like going into it, I was like, no, it's just at a campground. Like, yeah, it's, it's not, it's just going to be an outdoor show. And then yeah. I had no idea. I was going to like, we we're going to be on a mountain. Mm-hmm. So that one was kind of unusual, but really fun. Um, and I remember doing like a weird one, a couple of kind of like music festival type things that were mm-hmm. really weird where they like threw in comedy. Um, I was scheduled to do a couple of those pre pandemic and I, cause I've done some of those and like, it's just hard to compete. Like you, like you said, with music where it's very passive, but then yeah. also I've done like in between bands and oh, that nobody no nobody gives a shit. That was some of my early gigs where you learn quickly that it doesn't work. No, no this is not good. <laughs> um, we, we can do a couple more facts and then we'll wrap it up. Cool. Uh, cuddling with loved ones and even pets can reduce stress, relieve symptoms of depression and help speed up the time it takes for wounds to heal. See that that one's just like that's just like obviously like that fact just boils down to cuddling feels good <laughs> yeah it makes you feel good <laughs> yeah that, i would i would buy that that thing universally affection yeah, yeah. <laughs> affection's positive it's like a, a like you're almost wolverine if you get hurt <laughs> but then cuddle you could yes. heal much quicker absolutely i wonder if studies have been done like somebody gets the same you know they say i don't know how you quantify somebody's body type but they get the same injury and like this guy was spooned and then this guy wasn't to see how <laughs> quickly they heal or whatever. Yeah. I guess it, it comes down I, to Reese's monkeys or something. <laughs> I would definitely be just the guy who didn't get spooned being like, yeah, I'm sad. <laughs> yeah. It, it's the I'm same as always. Guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, in the last five minutes, the earth has traveled more than 5,000 miles. Oh, wow. All yeah. right. Again, keep some it, of the, some of these are like, around the sun. Yeah, I believe that you could have told me any number and I would have <laughs> accepted it. But I'm like, all right, so that yeah, sounds good. OK, cool. Uh, police are <laughs> called nearly four t- four more times, uh, four times more often to Walmart stores than the other major retailers like Target. Yeah, I would buy that. Also, I mean, like there's so many Walmarts mm-hmm. and like whereas I feel like Target, you got to. Um, you got to have a little something going for you for your, for your town to get a target. Mm-hmm. Like you got, you got to have just a little something going. Whereas Walmart's like, no, anywhere human beings have settled, <laughs> we are opening one. 
Mm-hmm. So event, you know, especially, you know, whether it be somewhere where there's a lot of people or probably more so somewhere where there's no people, mm-hmm. some weird shit's going to happen at a thing that's open 24 seven and sells yeah. everything. And that's the thing I miss the most. Like I would now the Walmarts by us, like are they close? Like I have a proper closing time, but forever, especially on the road, you're, you know, it's midnight. I'm going to go do uh-huh. shopping at Walmart. <laughs> that's what I loved was like after midnight Walmart, not because it was crazy, just because nobody was there. Yeah. And it's open. Yeah, I would always, yeah, if there was a CVS or a Rite Aid or something, the number of times I've, like, eaten, like, been like, I did the show, now I'm going to this Walgreens or this <laughs> Rite Aid to buy yeah. something to take to the hotel to mm-hmm. eat. <laughs> yeah. And being like, this is a, not how people should live their life, but this is yeah. this is my plan. I ate at the pharmacy last night. Yeah. Uh, on the road, like and eat a box of Cheez-Its <laughs> for a meal or something. I love like being on, not necessarily like East coast, like a New York or like on, you know, where the water is, but I love being in like that Pennsylvania area where you find like, do you know that gas station sheets? I feel like I've heard that name, but I'm not familiar with that. Or I've like only in, been to a couple. I've only been to Pennsylvania like twice. Okay. Well, in like Florida, there's a chain called like Wawa. Which yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, where it's like they have like the best food as far as like sub sandwiches. Uh-huh. But like if I told you let's go eat at the gas station, you'd be <laughs> like, that's not right. You can't. That's not. But then you go and you order it, and it's like some of the best as far as like sub goes. But it's so weird I, to. I was with people who did that. I was at a wedding in or- Orlando, and people were like, "No, it's a thing." Like mm-hmm. you get a sub from the, it was in like a grocery store, like in the front of a grocery store. Was it a Wegmans? That's the other one I love. I that think that might've been what it was. That's a great, another, like you wouldn't think of like, let's eat at the front of this place, but it's yeah. so it's such like good I, food there. I know a spot. Yeah. Kroger yeah. or like <laughs> yeah. Ralph's. I'm yeah. trying to make this joke regionally funny. That, for it's everybody. like if you <laughs> ate at the subway in Walmart, like nobody's being like, dude, you yeah, want to say like, trust me, this is the <laughs> local spot. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's let's plug whatever you want to plug and then let's get out of here. Cool. Um, the thing I, I think I want to plug most is uh, because of the pandemic and everything uh the club where i started out uh the ann arbor comedy showcase mm-hmm. I've is been there, in yeah. uh yeah t- uh dire straits so they have a gofundme they basically were closed since march but have been paying rent and every all their bills the whole time so they have a gofundme up uh if you go uh, to my Twitter or Instagram at Brad Wenzel, you follow me. Just you're all right mm-hmm. there. I mean, why wouldn't you do mm-hmm. that? But uh, all the links are there. So donate to that GoFundMe. So that club, that club's been around over 30 years, mm-hmm. and it would suck for it to close because of shit they can't control. So yeah, trying to get the word out on that. And then uh, quiz me, dude. We we've been on a brief hiatus, but we're gonna try to make some more episodes. That if you if you're looking for more podcasts and. Uh, I have an album that's a few years old. That's also, if you go on my social media, you can find it. It's called Sweet Nothings. And yeah. That came out on vinyl too, right? You had a vinyl release for that? Yeah. Yeah. Third Man Records did it out of Detroit and they got like a a record factory in Mm -hmm. Detroit, which is pretty cool. It looks like like a Willy Wonka thing or something Mm -hmm. because Third Man made, made it look cool. Um, but uh, yeah, it's on vinyl. If you're into that, uh, you can you can get that through um, thirdmanrecords.com mm-hmm. is probably your best bet. And then you can stream it too if you don't have the times are tough. But yeah, the GoFundMe basically for the Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase. Do, yeah, do that so Brent and I have places to perform at when this is work. over. Yeah, and, and Roger and his staff, I don't know all the staff because I've only worked at club once, but they've all you know, were super nice to me and, you know, you, they run a good show and that you can tell that the club gives a shit. Some places yeah. you go and they don't care that you're there, even though you're the show. And it's yeah, not like the, I, you want it's to be a beloved room. Yeah. yeah such, such a great club. So anything you can do to help and, and, and even support your local places, man, if you know, yeah. cause if that shit goes away, then 
a lot of performers don't have a place to get good to be on Netflix or Conan or any, you know, there's no place to work out and there's no place to see me be shitty before I get good. Especially the, the independent clubs Mm -hmm. are like where guys like you and I were able to kind of climb the ladder. Mm Cause like the, the chains are fine and, and good too. And I'm sure they're struggling, but those independent clubs kind of, uh, give a platform to unknown comics to kind of give them a shot and stuff. And Ann Arbor is one of those places for sure. And yeah, Roger and everybody there is always on the, they're always on the comic side and putting the show first, which mm-hmm. is all the great clubs do that. And mm-hmm. so you don't want, those are not the places you want to go away because they're, yeah. that would be devastating to, to comics. Yeah. So, and I will retweet as well, but Brad, it's on your, and your Twitter and stuff, but it's the Ann Arbor comedy showcase. Cool. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Good talking to I you. I think we're doing a Zoom show for it, too. I don't have the details yet, but I'm sure if you follow their social media or keep an eye on their GoFundMe and stuff, I think there'll be more details for that. Yeah, and probably probably on Twitter well. Follow the follow the club, and, and we'll figure it out. We'll get the Zoom cool. stuff out there, too. Cool, man. Thank cool. you. Thanks for having me.